This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290. Simply lovely, isn't it? Good morning. It is the start of another big broadcast week at WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. I am Bob Joseph. I will preside over the broadcast till noon. The number, 607-772-1290. Without further ado, caller number one. Good morning. Congratulations. You're a winner. Uh, do I win getting my driveway shoveled tomorrow? This is Gary from the West Side. Absolutely not. All right. Thank you. Absolutely Thank you. not. Um, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, you've been selected to shovel my driveway, and I expect that you'll be on scene no later than 7.30 tomorrow morning because I certainly don't want to cut it close. You know me. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I got a. I, I just got a comment. I'd like to give a difference of opinion on. Uh, is that bill that what they want to get passed in uh, Congress about making AR-15 the national gun? And there was a caller that uh, called in last week and gave some points uh, towards why. And you know, they, there was actually some good points uh, that they made. But I would like to take a different angle. I'd like to take the angle of empathy. You know, there's victims involved in in uh, in this scenario that we just tend to push off to the side and don't think about. Why? Because it really hasn't happened to us. I mean, I haven't had anyone in my family that was shot or killed by an AR-15. But if I did, and I came home and turned on the news at six o'clock and they said, you know, the new national gun of America is the AR-15. I would be so disgusted that they would glorify that. And and it's just, I don't know, it just, it just seems to me a, a giant lack of empathy. I don't know. Well, <laughs> look at the people sponsoring, including George Santos. I mean, empathy? I think not. And yeah. Lauren Boebert. What, what else can I say about Lauren Boebert on the air? In fact, I can't. There's really nothing I can say about her on the air. Uh, I, I kind of agree, but there's a whole base that supports them to so they get elected. You know, so there's people that think like this that don't have any empathy for people. You know, and and that's just America, right? I mean, that's America in 2023. It's not my America. This, right. it, you know, when I when I was growing up. That wasn't the United States of America. The United oh, States what? of America, when I was growing up, was a nation of empathy and concern and compassion. I think it might have been the same, Bob, but that uh, those that viewpoint uh, wasn't portrayed as much as it is now. You know, I think that that was still in America. I think that people still felt the same way. It just wasn't out in the public. No, I'm not saying, well, I don't doubt in a nation of hundreds of millions of people that there were some who had no empathy for people, uh, for their fellow Americans who 
lost loved ones to gun violence. But what is different today is you certainly have a lot more members of Congress and politicians who, who will, and that's what they are. You know, politicians will politish. You know, that's that's a given. Why why would Lauren Boebert support this? Because she knows or she believes most of her constituents support it. George Santos, that's a different question. A uh, guy who, for the moment, is representing a Long Island district in the House of Representatives. I don't believe that most of his constituents support this, but I don't know. I think he's just doing it to get more attention. I think, I think his ego, in this case, got the best of him. I think you might be right. He, you know, I think he's just scratching to find something to get him by, you know. And I don't know. I don't know why the guy's still there, but you know, eh, he won't. I don't think I don't, he'll. I don't think he'll be there f- for much longer. But who knows? As I think I mentioned a few days ago, in the end, uh, his presence in Congress doesn't have any real impact on me, except actually, it's a positive impact because you. You can bet your bottom dollar that there'll be plenty of additional George Santos things that come up that will be able to burn up valuable broadcast time. So he, like the uh, the former president, he he's sort of uh, a gift to talk show hosts and producers because he'll he'll always be doing something as long as he's in the public eye. He'll always do something that is uh, worthy of comment. And and they're politicians. This is what I, I just you know I scratch my head. And look, there's politicians on the on the left side too that I scratch my head at too. It's just, oh yeah, no, that's the conservatives you know, and Republicans haven't uh, locked up the market on cynicism and uh, and and desire. A lot of this too isn't just to promote themselves politically and get in the headlines. A lot of this is designed to raise money, 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 money. So the whether it's uh, George Santos or Lauren Boebert or the guy from Georgia, who's not as well-known, but he also is sponsoring. I believe he's they're... sponsoring the bill, I think. Yeah. I think he's the original sponsor of the bill. Right. I believe last Tuesday he held a news conference at, at a gun store in his district to announce that he was sponsoring the bill. So, and my guess in that district in Georgia, it's probably supported by many, if not most, of his constituents. They probably don't see a problem with it. And again, taken on its own, is there a problem with designating AR-15-type rifles as the national gun, or for that matter, a squirt gun as the national gun? In the end, these designations are... Personally, I think just a big waste of time. You know, like say New York's official fruit or something. Who cares? But somebody does. Yeah. So it's um, there's better choices, Bob. I mean, you could pick a Colt forty five or a Winchester rifle. The real question I have, and it's a serious question: Why does the United States of America need a national gun? We already have more guns than people. We're good. We're set. We don't need a national gun. In fact, designating one as a national gun over some others may, in fact, provoke gun violence for some people who like other guns better than the XM or AR-15 or whatever. 
So why don't we just say all guns are national guns, whether you have a cap gun, an AR-15, a Glock, they're all good because we're America, and apparently those of us who haven't suffered uh, from gun violence, those of us who haven't been shot yet, or those of us who haven't lost a, a relative or a friend to gun violence, um, I think we all support. We support guns. More guns, more often. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I bet you if you took a survey of all of the people who had family members shot, I think it would be pretty much 99% that they would not want that. And we have well, experience. maybe it'd be a hundred percent. On the other hand, on, on the other hand, they might also say, "Eh, you know." In the end, it, it seems tasteless. It seems lacking in empathy. But they also might say, "Hey, designate whatever you want. It's not bringing my, it's not bringing my daughter back, or it's not bringing my dad or grandmother back. They're dead, or you know, well, the people the, of, like the people said. in Sandy Hook." You know who lost loved ones, uh, children or educators. They're probably yeah, whatever. If you want, if you want to do this sort of political posturing, go do it. It's not, it's not going to hurt me any more than I've already been hurt. I've I've lost, I've lost all I can. They're not coming back. So you know, do what you want. I, I've read a little bit about it, and I and nobody really says what's the point of it. Right, I don't know what the point. But is. I told you the point. It's it's money, pure politics, and they're raising money. You can bet, you can bet. Lauren Boebert, the guy from Georgia, and probably George Santos either have already done so, or soon will be sending out fundraising letters and point with pride that they're sponsoring legislation to make AR-15 type weapons the national gun, and they'll probably collectively raise millions of dollars on on that. Um, point so you know some people could say it's cynical i'd say it's practical hey you need money i need money if i could figure out a way to make money that way i might consider it i'd like to think i wouldn't because it seems kind of seems like there are better ways to raise money but in the end in in america today it's all about the money yeah it is all right bob i'll see you 7 30 tomorrow all right thanks 922, this is Bob Joseph, News Radio, WNBF. I'm glad somebody's going to shovel out my driveway. It's one less, one less headache that I'll be dealing with. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning and happy Monday. My first name is DJ, and I'm from Binghamton. What's How you up? Doing, Bob? Yeah. Hey, well, we did good. We did $22 million. This weekend with the movie Jesus Revolution, and keep in mind a lot of you know Christians are they don't like to go to the theaters. People in general, so I can imagine what the DVDs going to do. So WSKG said like almost sixteen, and then another source I just through Alexis said twenty two. Um, did you see any any good movies, or did you go to that one? Bob? No, I don't go to movies. I don't. I you don't do go not. to movies. I don't go to movies. Oh, okay. Well, I, I did my whole youth. We used to go to the matinees at the Crest Theater on Main Street. Some of you listeners remember Main Street in the 60s and 70s, Henry's Hamburgers, Arrow Ford. It was all cars on both sides of Main Street where Wendy's is across from McDonald's now on Main Street, down from you, Bob, down from downtown, more on the west side. Oh, man, there was cars on one side, cars on the other side, Crest Theater. We used to go to the matinees. And I don't know if any of the listeners remember Earthquake. 
and 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 roller coaster at the crest speed or the manager the management got an idea that when the earthquake in the movie earthquake in the 70s and when the roller coaster got blown up this guy was holding ransom on roller coasters he would flip the switch and the generator under the stage would make the whole theater shake feel like it was shaking anybody old enough to remember that earthquake and roller coaster at the crest theater so you know when you're young you always do things that you did when you were younger. So I like to go to movies. I still go sledding and all that. So thanks to everyone who went to see it. It was more, his, you know, it's very historic. It wasn't a, a religious quote movie. It was, it was about all these hippies just by the countless numbers just got saved. Bob, it was really good. You know, I was thinking about my friend Bobby Brennan this morning. He was 14. He passed away at 14. My child's mother who had just dropped in McDonald's unexpectedly on the table, brain aneurysm. And then my Dave's friend, my brother's friend, Dave's mother, they heard a big thump. They went to the kitchen. There she was, brain aneurysm. She just dropped. Hey, we never know. We never know. Just uh, live every day to the fullest. Thank That's all you, I can brother. Say. Appreciate the call. It's 925. This is Bob Joseph live at News Radio WNBF, WNBF.com. We'll be taking more calls. If you have any desire to share your thoughts on this Monday morning, you may call at 607-772-1290. It's the last Monday of the month. That means they must have some really good deals available to you at Miller Motors on the Parkway and Vestal. Miller Auto Team, they're there for you. And we open tonight till 7. So if you're looking for a new Honda, a new Hyundai, or a late model used vehicle, stop in at the dealership, 4455 Vestal Parkway East, directly across from Binghamton University, the Miller Auto Team. It's the winning team for you. For anyone who's looking for a car right now, don't kid yourself. Some people will tell you, hey, it's going to be March on Wednesday. You don't have to worry about any more winter driving headaches. What you should be thinking about is, oh, boy, it's March. And we have some of our most interesting snowstorms and ice storms in March and April. So you'll want a vehicle that you can depend on for the rest of winter, even if it lasts well into June. So stop by Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. They can get a vehicle that's so dependable. So dependable. Miller Auto Team. It's 927. Bob Joseph Live, WNBF. I'm Mark. WNBF Live at 9.30. Dale in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Morning, Bob. Nice starting your day. Everything's fine. Um, I, I just want to talk about uh, a rifle or, or a gun or a weapon, whatever you want to call it. 
but it, it's a something that's going to hurt someone else, you know. And uh, when, when that happens, it's uh, it's all on you or me or whoever. And I just you know can't understand why people have so many weapons that are going to hurt people. Well, you have to listen to some of the programs on the station after twelve oh six p.m. because if you listen, listen, if you listen, they'll tell you that you need to have lots of guns, according to those hosts. I know, I, I know the hosts, and uh, the whole point is, you know, if, if you have that weapon available to you and your family, it's not. Uh, not something. Uh, it's uh, not something that you want to do, you know. Well, they think that the uh, U.S. is about to be invaded, so they, they basic. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I listen to the programs. I, I I've, I've, I've I heard them. So you better have lots of guns and lots of food that'll last for fifty oh, years. Yeah, I, I've been there and done that, and I got rid of them all. I, I just couldn't. Uh, I, I didn't understand how I could really use it against uh, another person, something like that, you know. But uh, uh, I don't know. It's pretty pretty personal for me. Well, so. it's pretty personal for a lot of people in this country. But you know, as as you know, this country is. Um, in love with its guns, and nothing, we'll, we'll nothing, nothing fight. can stop right. it. No, no, they'll stand up and fight. That's it. You, you know, know, if you say something negative about guns, you're uh, going to incur the wrath of tens of millions of people. Well, I, I'm uh, incurring that situation, and I've, I've tried it, and then been through the military, and it, it, I mean. You, can't stand it, you know. I I can't stand it, you know. And jeez. Uh, well, I, in I'm this country, free. with without guns, in this country, life itself would not be possible, according to some people. So just keep that in mind. Appreciate your call. Hope you have a great day. Yep. Have a good day. Nine thirty-two at WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Uh, this is John, uh, the uh, taxpayers' man. Uh, the moral spokesman of the community, and I currently live in Binghamton. Thank you so much. Uh, Bob, I uh, I call for an end to loopholes. I, I call for fair taxation, complete fairness in taxation, property taxation in Broome County. I don't think uh, it's democracy or representative government or anything else but theft when you put the burden uh, especially for millionaires, onto uh, other taxpayers who are just trying to stay afloat. I don't think it benefits small business if they have to pay for uh, mega developers to come in and compete against them. So I call for a complete overhaul and a complete rethink of taxation policies, real estate taxation policies in Broome County. I know you can challenge assessments. I know that is available, but it is still way, way out of balance. Now, one of the biggest loopholes is the school district, uh, the South Mountain School District, the school district that doesn't exist. It's a zombie 
school district. And it's a gimmick whereby uh, any high school, any school age children can go to either Susquehanna Valley or Binghamton schools. And the total amount is then paid by this entity that essentially is a checkbook in somebody's kitchen. So, uh, and taxation, school taxation is then figured out by the by the actual student cost. They have no buildings, no maintenance, and thus a very expensive house, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of house in the town of Binghamton would pay a minuscule um, amount of tax each and every year. Uh, this was pioneered years ago in the 60s by Del Webb. And what Del Webb did is he, he built a retirement community and he didn't have a school district. Uh, and then the problem, thus there was no school taxes. Thus the uh, problem uh, was mitigated by the school district surrounding it when they annexed uh, Sun City. It is time to annex the South Mountain School District. Or, or they can put up new schools and hire people and have school buses and be a real school district. But it's a con. It's a scam. And ironically, some of the people that are high up in other school districts uh, do do uh, reside there. Uh, uh, you know, they don't pay any school taxes. So I think this issue has to be addressed. And let me tell you something, Bob. Let me tell you how out of – let me just give you one example of how out of balance the taxes are. Uh, Aspen, Colorado, right? Now, uh, what's the – appeal of Colorado, low property taxes. Uh, how about a $60 million or $30 million home in Aspen, $30 million home in the book for $30 million, uh, with property taxes of just $60,000 a year. Uh, that would uh, be the equivalent of a uh, million-dollar house here you know, paying several thousand dollars worth of school taxes, which they, they pay much more. So let's get this back in balance. Uh, let's begin with this zombie phantom con of a school district. Let the Susquehanna Valley Board and the Binghamton School District cut it up, and let's get these deadbeats uh, back on the tax rolls in uh, rich, rich deadbeats uh, who uh, don't want to pay uh, for uh, the education of our children the way, the way the others pay. Well, we'll see. That sounds like a controversial idea. So we'll hear what the um, other viewers have to say. I appreciate your bringing it up. Sounds like it could yeah. be start of a major controversy this week on the radio 607-772-1290 so what do you have to say about that or anything else we're here for you on a monday morning more calls coming up if you have something to say now would be a good time to say it don't wait till the final hour that's when dreams can be shattered when people think ah I know how to play this game. I'll wait till the final hour and talk. Well, maybe you'll get on or maybe you won't. If you call early in the program, your odds of success 
are infinitely better. This is Bob Joseph Live, News Radio, 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. It's an anniversary. Forty-one News Radio WNBF WNBF.com. and oh the weather! Everybody says that I don't do the weather enough. So here you go, weather buffs. Hi, weather buffs. You know who you are. WWA WWA Winter Weather Advisory. Of course, weather buffs knew instantly what I was referencing. The WWA Winter Weather Advisory will take effect at 6 p.m. and run for 25 big hours. So it'll be starting tonight at 6 and it'll wrap up tomorrow night at 7. 25 big hours of tremendous savings, up to 90% off select WNBF merchandise. No, we're not selling anything. <laughs> I know you think, gee, you guys will use anything as a reason for a big sale. 90% off because of winter weather. Gosh. No, it's just designed to get your attention. Mixed precipitation expected. Total snow accumulations of 4 to 7 inches. Ice accumulations of a light glaze. I think I saw... That guy, I believe I saw that guy with a light glaze stumbling around Court Street Friday afternoon. I think his name is Light Glaze. It's his professional name. Winds will gust as high as 35 miles an hour. Slippery, snow-covered road conditions for your drive into work tomorrow. As far as school information, school closings, all I can say to you is stay tuned. The snow will move in early this evening and quickly produce heavy snowfall rates up to one and a half inches an hour into the early overnight hours. The combination of snow and some sleet or freezing rain mixing in and gusty winds with blowing snow will create hazardous travel conditions. With slippery roads likely, the snow will be wet with a high water content. Well, then we should ship it to California. It will make shoveling very difficult, which, of course, is not going to be a problem for me because at 7.30 tomorrow morning, Gary from the west side will start with the shoveling so I can get here in time. The snow will taper off late tomorrow morning before ending late in the afternoon. So that is the essence of the WWA. It's nothing to do with wrestling. It has everything to do with weather. So... Um, what does it mean for you? It means quick, quick, 
Do not delay. Go to your nearest supermarket and buy as much milk and as many dozens of eggs as you can afford. Because this is not a test, nor is it a drill. Here's the official forecast from the National Weather Service. Mostly cloudy today, a chance of snow after 5 p.m., high 36. Tonight, snow possibly mixing with sleet for a while and then becoming snow overnight. The snow could be heavy at times, low 28. General snow and sleet accumulations around the Binghamton area, about 4 inches. Uh, Cloudy tomorrow, snow likely mixed with sleet. High 39, snow tomorrow mixed with sleet, less than a half inch. The outlook for Wednesday, ah, blessed relief. Mostly cloudy, a slight chance of showers in the afternoon, high 47. Right now, downtown Binghamton, it's 30 at News Radio WNBF. So there, the weather has been provided to you. (laughs) Stay tuned for further weather developments. We're here for you. If you see any weather uh, breaking out, please contact me at once at 607-772-1290. Or the most efficient way would be to send your weather bulletins to bob at wnbf.com. It's 945 coming up this afternoon. You've heard him in the news lately. Sean Hannity. What is he going to say today? Well, the place to find out is right here, 3 to 6, here on WNBF. at WNBF. This is Bob Joseph. Ready for another week. As always, on Monday morning, I look ahead and say, gee, we've got five big news days ahead. What could possibly happen between now and 5 p.m. Friday? And I'm always forced to conclude about anything, both locally and nationally and even in world news anything can happen and it will happen whether we like it or not all we can do at least from the news side is report it accurately and quickly and that's my mission quick accurate reporting of the stuff that happens around here i know some people say well why don't you go to the border to report what's going on at the border that's not that's not my beat. My beat is Binghamton. This is uh, this is my uh, hometown. I was born in Binghamton, so I'll keep covering Binghamton. If you want to go cover the border, go cover the border. 
Terrible, terrible crash in Rockland County, and it's just unbelievable. I'm looking at a picture, and it's just, as uh, the story in the Albany Times Union describes it, it's horrific. A one-car crash in Rockland County on the Palisades Parkway. It happened early Sunday. It was 3 a.m. in the town of Haverstraw. The driver was an off-duty NYPD cop. He's in critical condition. So the driver, an off-duty NYPD cop, was badly injured, and one person is dead. So according to the Albany Times Union, an SUV that was traveling northbound on the Palisades Parkway went off the roadway at about 3 a.m. and crashed into a tree, splitting in half in the median. And there's a picture. There's a picture. Some journalist was out at 3 or 4 Sunday morning to take a picture of the crash. And this is the interesting thing. Because of the lack of journalists in New York State and around the country, most of these crashes that happen, especially if they happen on weekends or at night, they don't receive much coverage at all. So thankfully, there is a guy who got to the scene. And a lot of times, with a crash this horrific, the police go out of their way to make it difficult or even impossible for journalists to do their job. But fortunately, in this case, a journalist was able to get images of the what was left of the vehicle after it split in half. So at least we have a sense of just how bad it was. So... As I say, typically what happens around here, there's a crash that serious. Um, The police and uh, some other people take it upon themselves to try to keep journalists away because in this country, freedom of the press tends to be an illusion. It's sort of something we talk about but are not that committed to, apparently, as a nation. So getting back to what happened on the Palisades Parkway. An SUV was traveling northbound. For some reason, it went off the roadway. It crashed into a tree, split in half. The passenger in the vehicle, a 36-year-old person from Orange County, was pronounced dead at the scene. The SUV was driven by an off-duty NYPD officer who was taken to a hospital and is reported in critical condition. The driver's identity has not been released. A few other details, including the circumstances of the crash, have been released. The state police were assisted by local fire departments and ambulance crews, and the investigation is underway. That it makes you wonder how how could that happen? Or someone driving a car at three in the morning on the Pacific Park or on the Palisades Pacific the Palisades Parkway in Rockland County, how they could go off the roadway and then smash into a tree and then the vehicle is split in half. And I assume that probably somebody is going to put out a memo asking how they let 
how the troopers let a journalist get that close to be able to take pictures of the wreckage because that's I mean it's appropriate of course it's appropriate it's news but somebody somewhere in Albany is probably sending uh, a note to the uh, the troop involved probably to the uh, commander of Troop F asking for a review, not so much of the circumstances surrounding the crash, but the circumstances surrounding allowing a journalist to get close enough to take pictures because in New York State, that just isn't done. Or how can I put it? It's strongly discouraged. I'll just say the state police. I remember a, a crash not too long ago off Interstate 81 on an exit ramp. Well, it was an entrance ramp to 81. And the state police wouldn't let me take pictures of the crash. No, nobody was hurt. No, nobody was hurt. But uh, there was a guy with the state police. He threatened to arrest me for take, attempting to take pictures of a crash scene. And why do they do it? Not because there's a law, not because I was endangering anyone or interfering with official operations. It's because this state police supervisor didn't want me to take pictures of a news event. It's 9.55, but still, I love New York and I love America. And I hope to live to see the day when freedom of the press is something that we can actually see 24-7. It's Bob Joseph, working for you on WNBF. Fifty-seven WNBF Press and Sun Bulletin today, page six B, with the Dilbert, <laughs> the Dilbert, on page six B by Scott Adams. I thought they had dropped it, but of course this is the Press and Sun Bulletin, so it may take a few days or weeks before they get the memo. But today's Dilbert by Scott Adams in the Binghamton Press and Sun Bulletin, panel one, a little doggy tells uh, Mr. Burt, I'm launching my new career as an Internet success guru. Panel 2, the dog, who wears glasses, tells Mr. Burt, I used to think I needed some sort of insight or expertise, but it turns out I only need to string a bunch of words together. And then the final panel says, and the infinite energy of being vibrates through the timelessness of the quantum field. It shows, uh, I guess that is a shot of Mr. Burt's boss uh, watching the dog on, on his phone. So he 
apparently is looking at what the dog posted on the Internet as an Internet success guru, and Mr. Burt's boss sees that on the phone and says, sounds right. So Again, it's interesting, the front page of the Press and Sun Bulletin with a giant headline, Media Drop Dilbert, after creator's comment. The creator of the Dilbert comic strip faced a backlash of cancellations while defending remarks describing people who are black as members of a hate group from which white people should get away. So even though Gannett newspapers and most other newspapers on the planet have uh, dropped the Dilbert, it still shows up today on page 6B. We'll see. Maybe tomorrow it won't be in the paper. (laughs) Or maybe tomorrow's paper has already been printed, so maybe it'll be Wednesday when the Dilbert disappears from the Press and Sun Bulletin. But anyway, bad news for Dilbert fans. It's, um, as they say, it's over. Goodbye. Goodbye, Dilbert. It's 10 o'clock. This is Bob Joseph on W. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Monday, February 27th. You're listening to WNBF. Attorneys for three men indicted after Binghamton police investigated sexual assault allegations are calling for the charges against their clients to be dropped. The lawyers representing Jordan Ringen, Yaron Queller, and Lior Queller want Broome County District Attorney Michael Korchak to immediately dismiss all charges. Ringen and Yaron Queller were partners in the Colonial, a popular Court Street bar and restaurant. They and Yaron Queller's brother, Lior Queller, were indicted last March on felony charges related to an alleged incident that was said to have occurred on November 27, 2021. In addition to the request that the charges be dropped, the attorneys want an investigation into the possibility that these complainants in the case may have lied to a grand jury and deleted text messages about the incident. The lawyers acted after reviewing text messages from the cell phones of the complainants. The evidence was recently made available to the attorneys. Responding to a request for comment from WMBF News, a spokesperson for District Attorney Michael Korchak on Friday afternoon wrote, Our office would not be permitted to discuss that at this time. Rindgen was charged with criminal sale of a controlled substance, criminal possession of a controlled substance, sexual abuse, criminal sexual act, criminal facilitation, and unlawfully dealing with a child. Yaron Queller was charged with rape and criminal sexual act. Lior Queller was charged with rape and sexual abuse. Binghamton police announced arrests in connection with an incident at 141 Washington Street nearly three months after it allegedly happened. All three men entered not guilty pleas when they appeared in Broome County Court on March 31st. A formal motion to dismiss the charges was made Friday, one year and one day after Ringen and Yaron Queller were arrested. Lior Queller was arrested a few days later. Word of the alleged incident first circulated on social media. After several days, Binghamton police announced they were conducting an investigation. The Colonial and two other downtown restaurants temporarily closed as rumors swirled on social media sites. Hundreds of people participated in a march and demonstration outside the restaurants. The Colonial and Dos Rios Cantina permanently ceased operations last April due to financial problems related to the criminal allegations. The Binghamton Fire Department's newly constructed main station has gone into operation with no formal announcement. The $8.5 million facility is located at Court and Chapman Streets, just south of the city-owned baseball stadium. 
Basic construction at the site was completed several weeks ago. Workers had been busy taking care of the finishing touches and installing computer equipment at the station. The city acquired the property at 235 Court Street from MJ Scoville Incorporated in August 2020 for $220,000. The fire department facilities, which had been located at City Hall for nearly 50 years, were shut down because of safety concerns. City officials had said the garage floor at the old fire department headquarters cannot support more than 30 tons of equipment. They estimated repairs to that station would cost at least $3 million. A former car dealership building at Court and Carroll Streets has been the temporary home for the Binghamton firefighters while the new station was being constructed. The new headquarters complex officially went into service Wednesday afternoon. It was acknowledged in a brief radio transmission from the fire chief advising that several units will be stationed at and responding from the new fire headquarters at 235 Court Street. In Broome County Court, Melissa Watkins, age 26, of Endicott, entered a plea of guilty to felony arson in the third degree. Watkins admitted that on December 31st, she intentionally set fire inside an apartment located at 32 Second Street in the city of Binghamton after an argument with a resident at that location. No one was injured, but all residents were displaced. She will be sentenced to two to six years in New York State Prison on May 23rd. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said thankfully the Binghamton Fire Department responded to the scene quickly and no one was injured or killed. However, this type of conduct warrants nothing less than a state prison sentence. Russian President Vladimir Putin says that after Russia suspended its participation in the new START treaty, it would take into account the nuclear weapons capabilities not only of the United States, but of other NATO countries such as France and Britain. Putin had said in a speech suspending Russia's role in the 2010 treaty earlier this week that France and Britain, not parties to the agreement, had joined the United States in targeting Russia with nuclear weapons. In an interview with Russian TV that was recorded Wednesday and broadcast Sunday, he said he took the action to preserve our country, ensure security and strategic stability. U.S. President Joe Biden has said that the U.S. wants Ukraine to win, but it does not seek to control or destroy Russia. A powerful New York jail union boss turned prison inmate is poised to go free less than halfway through his sentence in a corruption case. A federal judge decided this week that Norman Seabrook's nearly five-year term should be reduced. Seabrook originally was sentenced to 58 months in prison, but the judge says Seabrook's sentence is now unjust because a co-defendant appealed and got his own prison term reduced to just over a year. Seabrook has served about 21 months on his conviction for taking bribes to put $20 million in union pension money into a risky hedge fund. The union lost $19 million. Can the Federal Reserve keep raising interest rates and defeat the nation's worst bout of inflation in 40 years without causing a recession? Not according to a new research paper that concludes that such an immaculate disinflation has never happened before. The paper was produced by a group of leading economists and two Fed officials addressed its conclusions in their own remarks Friday. When inflation soars, as it has for the past two years, the Fed typically responds by raising interest rates, often aggressively, to try to cool the economy and slow price increases. The Fed's higher rates in turn make mortgages, auto loans, credit card borrowing, and businesses lending more expensive. The Dilbert comic strip distributor Andrews McMeal Universal has announced it will no longer work with the strip's creator, Scott Adams. Andrews McMeal chairman Hugh Andrews and CEO and president Andy Sarian say in a joint statement issued Sunday that the syndication company is severing its relationship with Adams because his recent comments on race were not compatible with the company's core values. In the February 22nd episode of his YouTube show, Adams described people who are black as members of a hate group from which white people should get away. 
Various media publishers across the U.S. denounced the comments as racist, hateful, and discriminatory while saying they would no longer provide a platform for his work. National Weather Service forecasts for downtown Binghamton. Today, increasing clouds with a high near 36. Tonight, snow before 1 a.m., then snow possibly mixed with sleet between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., then snow after 2 a.m. Snow could be heavy at times, a low near 28 degrees. Wind gusts as high as 26 miles per hour. A 100% chance of snow could see about 4 inches. Tomorrow, a chance of snow before 9 a.m., then snow likely, possibly mixed with sleet between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., then snow likely after 10 a.m. Cloudy with a high near 39 degrees, a 60% chance of snow. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with a low near 22. Wednesday, a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 47, a 20% chance of rain. Wednesday night, chance of showers, mainly after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain, 50%. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, news radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph live on a Monday morning. If you'd like to talk, call me now, 607-772-1290. We'll discuss things on WNBF. begin the hour with uh, George in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Uh, I was wondering if anybody else, uh, I I wasn't involved in the accident, but I was uh, lucky I pulled in a driveway. It was between Morgan Road Saturday morning at about 8.30, o'clock. Morgan Road, uh, South Washington, between there and Park Avenue. I went to turn on South Avenue, uh, South uh, Washington, I'm sorry, South Washington, and my car wouldn't stop, and it was sliding faster. So I hugged the curb, and when I hit the curb, I spun around, and uh, then I was able to get some traction uphill to go in a driveway. It's a good thing I did because two uh, two um, pickup trucks went sliding right by me, which would have hit me. Uh, they ended up on the other side of Morgan Road by Ross Park uh, up on the medium, uh, hit each other. Then the bus came down South Washington, was going to Ross Park, couldn't make the turn. It started sliding, so it decided to go down towards Park Avenue, and it slid sideways all the way down. I thought it was going to go out into Park Avenue, but it stopped at the bottom. Then the car came down the hill, hit the bus. Then the car spun around and went up on a medium on the other side of uh, South Washington. 
uh, several cars, a total of eight altogether, were piling up like a demolition derby. And then a policeman finally came about. Uh, I, I called at about 8.30 for us. Someone had come. Uh, it was an hour and a half before the cinder truck got there, the salt truck, and cops. Uh, I think one, I think they had to come from Vestal. Well, when he came down South Washington, he slid right across Morgan Road, hit another car. So the police was involved. Well, a <laughs> police was, car got into a crash? Yeah. Right straight across from South Washington, it couldn't stop. Yeah, I'm it looking had, at the map here because I'm, I'm looking. So you've got that intersection of Morgan Road and South Wash. And then if you go just a little bit further down to Park Avenue, well, it sounds yeah, like it was treacherous. It sounds like um, conditions were were terrible on Saturday morning. I, I never seen the road so slippery. You couldn't walk across it. One guy tried. He fell on his can and went down the road like he was on a sled. It, I had to wait an hour and a half to two hours for the sender truck. That that was even spinning. It had to back up, but even then it couldn't make it, and it took him a while. Uh, it, it was the most, uh, and up above the other side of uh, South Washington, towards Wash Park, there was banging and crashing up there. So when I, I don't know how many cars. I counted eight total, counting the bus and the police car. It, it, Do you know if anybody was injured? No one was injured, luckily. Uh, everybody was able to slow down enough, and there was enough cars to <laughs> uh, take the uh, brunt of the crashes. But I <clears throat> I, uh, I, can't believe the, the salt truck wasn't out there on Saturday morning, and uh, they, they couldn't get one until... About 11 o'clock. It was terrible. So you're uh, saying the salt truck didn't didn't get over to the scene for about two and a half hours after the first crash? Right. I called 911 at the first time, and as the bus, as cars started piling up, piling up, I crawled again. I said, where the heck is the cinder? Where's the city? And uh, they didn't show up for even even the police didn't show up for an hour and cars kept coming and piling up it's the worst uh, accident i've ever seen over there but um, luckily no one was going uh going fast enough to get hurt do you live near there yeah i live, I live up over the hill and ross uh ross park Oh, so you're used to this. I mean, you know what the conditions are like in the winter on Morgan Road and Park Avenue and in those streets. I mean, you've got some, of course, it's it's very steep, some of those hills there, uh, Spur Avenue and that end of Mary Street and so on. So, so you know that sometimes in the winter it can get tricky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was going as slow as I was trying to stop at... Um to turn on South Washington, and it was going as slow as possible, but the car just kept going like it was on skis. 
that's the way it was with everybody. Four uh, pickup trucks, the bus. <laughs> I couldn't believe the bus uh, couldn't make the corner and uh, started sliding down the hill. So the bus, that the bus, somebody, sma- or a car smashed into the bus. Did, did the bus hit anything itself, or it was just damaged when a car hit it? Yeah, that's right. Mm. And he is lucky. Uh, he stopped down to uh, uh, by uh, Park Avenue because I think he went up on off the on the curb. Mm. But boy, if he just slid out in front of a car on Park Avenue, it would have been bad. Yeah, I'm looking at the right now on the Google map, the Street View map, and it looks fine because when they took the Google Street View pictures of Morgan Road and South Washington Street and Park Avenue, that was in September 2019, so that was a nice day. So it, it doesn't give a good representation of how bad it was on Saturday morning. No, no. It was solid ice. Uh, like I said, uh, the police couldn't even walk across the road. It was so slippery. It was like a pond, hmm. frozen with a little bit of snow on top and uh, <laughs> on a hill. You could—it it was bad. But uh, I think the city should have been over there early. When as soon as that snow started piling up, uh, that was. I think they had one salt truck in the whole city. Well, it's possible. It could be because I was told uh, a little bit later on Saturday, not, not early Saturday morning, but someone advised me that the city police were really busy with a lot of crashes. So that also probably explains why it, it took a while before the, the police got to the scene there. They probably... And I don't know any any other specifics because I haven't talked with people who had direct involvement with any of the other crashes on Saturday morning. But I'm guessing there may have been some other scenes around Binghamton that were higher priority because there may have been injuries or or maybe on the highways. But um, you know, that's the other thing is it, it occurs to me maybe. Maybe the conditions were surprising to the Public Works Department. Maybe they didn't anticipate that it was going to get that bad on Saturday morning, so they had not called in people to be ready for it. They may have probably had to call in additional employees from home to tackle the the icy spots. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you're okay, but the other thing is I do appreciate your... uh, telling me the the tale any other information i should know because i'll try to maybe do some following up on on the mess that happened on saturday around here anything else that seems relevant uh no that was pretty much it and uh i was there in the driveway stuck in the driveway because i couldn't back out if i had backed out i would have started sliding down the hill so i had to wait till, till the salt truck came and Everybody else was just waiting in their cars, and uh, some. Uh, finally, they closed off South Washington after the cop came over. And <laughs> see, there was a car that came down South Washington, slid across the street, and up on the shoulder of the other, directly across from South Washington on uh, Morgan. And then when the cop come, he wasn't expecting it to be that slipper and he had his lights on he was moving pretty good but he came down and slid right through and hit the other car 
So it was uh, yeah, it was quite entertaining. Yeah. So how how long did you wind up waiting? Did, were you stuck there for like two or three hours? I was stuck for about an hour and a half to two mm. hours. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, George, I appreciate the details. Thanks for uh, calling. I appreciate that, and I'll try to do a follow-up on on what happened on Saturday. Fortunately, I didn't have to go out on Saturday when it was uh, nasty like that. But I'm so. Where were you headed? Were you going to the store, or where were you on your way to? Yeah, that's where I was going to the store. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's always a shame when something that you expected was going to be just a quick a quick trip turns out to be a, a two hour a two hour spectacle. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. So how long how long have you lived in that area, that part of the South Side? All my life, I, I've loved up on uh, uh, off of Morgan Road for my entire life. I'm uh, seventy now. All right. So you've seen you've seen it all. I would say over seven decades, you've seen the good, the bad, and even sometimes when the animals. Do you remember when when that animal got out of the cage over at the zoo? Yep, a lion got out, or uh, a lion uh, killed a guy uh, years and years ago. I don't know if you remember that. He uh, he was the feeder. Uh, the, oh, I forgot about that. That that was yeah. a tragedy. That was that's one of the, as far as I know, that's the only death of its kind at the zoo. Yeah, we used to uh, as kids. We played there all the time, and uh, I I used to ride uh, horses down through Ross Park, and uh, we had uh, a good time. It was uh, the park was uh, well, everything was a lot better than. Um, but yeah, I remember one day what what got out was it the bear? I I don't remember what got out uh, the cage. Do you remember one time they had a jet up there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody thought it was a good idea to put an old jet up at the zoo. They put one up there, and they put one down at. Uh, Columbus School downtown. The military was getting rid of fighter jets, and somebody thought it was a keen idea to put fighter jets for kids to play on. And then they finally decided, oh, we better get rid of them because some kids were getting hurt. They were climbing on the fighter jets at the zoo and down at um, Columbus Park, and kids were starting to get hurt. So the city had to get rid of those fighter jets. But still, it was fun while it lasted. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, it's just like, I think about, you know, that puts it in context. As wacky as things are today in Binghamton, there have been wackier times. I mean, if you look at Binghamton's history, you know, we, I don't know, it's probably because this was Rod Serling's hometown. I think that's why they, they used to be really wacky. And then after Rod Serling had left, a memo went out to city employees and city council to not be as wacky anymore. Yeah, one of the things I remember, my friend, we were we were always in mischief. We used to get the guy that ran the store, we drove him crazy down there in Ross Park, but he, my friend used to get on the curlicue chute and he'd get a mouthful of um, sugar daddy 
and he'd go down to shoot and spit it behind him. <laughs> Next guy comes down, rub the stuff. Oh, now I know. Now I have something to look forward to this summer. It never see. I thought I had all the good ideas for for fun, fun and fun and games. But now I can look forward to this summer. I won't do it at Ross Park because I don't think they they don't have any slides there anymore. But I, I know just the park. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I'm not going to announce it in advance. I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to take video of it, and then people can watch the video and say, "Man, that Bob Joseph has a a vivid imagination." And then when I'm talking to the cops when they're filling out the paperwork, I'll say, no, it was my friend George who gave me the idea. <laughs> I wish I had uh, thought about it. I had my camera. I could have videoed that whole accident, but I I didn't think about it till the end, and I took a couple of snapshots as they were uh, cleaning up. But yeah. I, I, can you send I Can you send the picture? any picture to me by email? Yeah. Yeah, why don't you send 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 me one if you have one, even if it you know whatever looks best, even if it's just after the fact, just send it to me. Maybe we'll use it for our story if we do a story on our website. Yeah, I'll send you one of the uh, cop car. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you have the cop car, that that would uh, people would like to see that. So just uh, send it to Bob at wnbf dot com. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. It's 1028. This is Bob Joseph. As they say, issues and answers. That's why I come in every day. People say, Bob, why do you why do you really come in every day? Well, of course, contractually I'm obligated to, but more importantly, I'm interested in what goes on around here. Because if I don't if I don't come and run the show, I'll have no idea. What goes on around here? Because, of course, the news blackout. We've talked about that. The authorities would really prefer that you not know what happened, especially on weekends. And I, I don't want to tell tales out of school. The Binghamton police were exceptionally busy over the weekend. But because of the news blackout, you're not going to know what happened. But trust me, there are lots and lots and lots and lots of newsworthy stories that happened over the weekend in Binghamton and approximately one one of those stories may get covered. <laughs> That's what happens when all the reporters have been fired. It's 1021. I mean 1029 at WNBF. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. You're always connected using the free WNBF app. When I first... WNBF with Bob Joseph live at 1032, Carolyn Johnson City. You're on the air. Well, good morning, Bob. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't have the Internet, so I couldn't look anything up, but I just happened to remember the uh, gentleman's last name that uh, got, I don't know how badly he was damaged uh, at, uh, at the zoo, 
uh, the lion, I think it was a lion that got him, but his name was, uh, last name was uh, Carey, C-A-R-E-Y. Because I remember looking at it, when I looked at it, I thought it said Casey. Yeah, his name, according to the newspaper, his name was Guy Carey. He lived on Murray Street over on the west side. There's a picture of him. He, on, no, uh, back in the newspaper, that's when the newspaper was able to cover news because it happens happened in was May. 60, 61, 62, 63, 63 May twenty first, nineteen sixty three, and the story was uh, covered later that day. And it even shows uh, the lion killer. It shows uh, Patrolman John Tallett, and I remember um, John Tallett because I. I believe, ultimately, he became a Binghamton police sergeant. And this is when the newspaper covered the news of the day. And it shows, uh, the caption says, Lion killer, patrolman John Tallett, fires rifle bullets into Timba's head through cage bars. Oh, dear. Well, it's on the front page of the newspaper. It says, this is when the news was king in the newspaper. It happened on May twenty first, 1963. And in the evening press... It's a giant headline, Lion Devours Ross Park Zoo Keeper by Jack Morton, who I have talked to after Jack Morton became a, became a big expert on newspapers. Listen to this. Listen to this. A lion mangled and partly devoured a zookeeper in the lion cage at Ross Park Zoo early today. The dead man was a father of three who was working alone at the park. The lion, named Timba, was shot by police after unsuccessful attempts to lure him away from the body. The tragedy was discovered at 5.30 this morning by a guy who lived on Gerard Avenue. He was another worker at the zoo. Uh, It said the zookeeper had reported for work at 10 o'clock the previous night. Parks officials said they were mystified about how the zookeeper came to be in the cage. Both of the park's lions, Timba and Tina, were in the cage, but officials said Timba apparently was solely responsible for mangling the zookeeper. Well, did it say anything about, uh, you know, that uh, fail-proof doorway that uh, he's supposed to close or something when the animals... Sure. Of course it does. I, I have to make another comment. I never saw the uh, the evening press. Uh, you're sure it was the evening press because when I saw it in the, in the Binghamton Sun, it was a shamefully small article that you barely noticed, and uh, and it didn't give any details like those couple of gory details that you just gave. So uh, so I was kind of you know. I was no, this is like, back when reporters were allowed to report. If this same thing happened today. <laughs> Seriously, if this happened, if no, if it happened today, they wouldn't put out a news release. It would be a secret, and um, you know, it's I I can't tell you how the news has changed so drastically since I started. When I was a reporter, reporters were allowed to report. Now, reporters, for the most part, have to report only what we're told. You know, that's that's the 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 shame of the city, the from the mayor. To the uh, police chief, to everybody else, and every other city employee is sworn to secrecy. They're not allowed to talk to reporters or else they get in big trouble for telling people about what's going on in Binghamton. It's supposed to be a big secret. Did it happen to mention how old Mr. Carey was? Or did you say it and I didn't? Yeah, I I mentioned he, he was 43. 
Oh, 43. Okay. But again, this is when this stuff could be reported. Now, again, that was 1963. So things have changed in 60 years. Now, if the same thing were to happen, sadly, at the zoo, there'd be nothing or little, if anything. Maybe they'd put a a two-sentence news release out, no names, no details, and it'd be like, say, if I went up to the zoo to try to do a report on it, they would uh, threaten me with arrest. Get out of here. And maybe maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I'd get I think a... they did happen to you, didn't they? Yes. Well, they... Arrest, but you got, you no. got reprimanded several Always. times already. Always. Always <laughs> as, you know, one, one guy, one sergeant, not that long ago, said, you're an aggressive reporter. And I thought, hey, that's a compliment, <laughs> you know, as opposed to the rest who are sitting around, you know, in the newsroom looking for stuff on, on uh, social media. Yeah, I go to the scene. And I, I, there was one case. I was trying to interview a city councilwoman about something that was breaking news. And I'll tell you, I thought I was going to be arrested. I thought I, was be, I could become a statistic because they don't like aggressive reporters. Now, the good news is that was an officer who at the time was not familiar with me. Within, I'd say, a matter of a couple of weeks, we, almost, we became buddies. So, I mean, it's... Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the good news is most... Here's the truth, and I'm serious now. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I heard that chuckle. <laughs> exactly. I am serious. Most of the police officers and other emergency responders around here, most, say, you know, maybe 60%, maybe 70%, most of them know, know me by now. And so most of them know that I am just trying to report, a fit, you know, accurately. And, of course, yes, what see i'm not that aggressive but it appears aggressive because i show up early at a scene so they take that for you know as soon as something happens and if i show up they think that's being aggressive no that's just being a reporter that's what reporters traditionally did now most of the time because there are so few reporters available anymore most of the time reporters can't get out of the newsroom because they're too busy writing for their next newscast or writing stories for the for the website so they they don't have the ability to actually get out to scenes until they've been all cleaned and sanitized well the early bird gets the worm bob well i'm still trying i i just ran into a guy today i'm serious hmm. <laughs> you like when people... whenever you I know, but i am serious so this morning i was reporting out a story that will be on the website today and i ran into a person who used to be a school superintendent around here and i won't embarrass the person but it was somebody who i always had tremendous respect for because as a school superintendent this person was um i always found to be very i mean obviously as a school superintendent you can't tell all there are constraints because you have to protect privacy of students and privacy of teachers and so on and employees. But this was a superintendent who I always found was very accessible, very um, would answer questions. Again, not maybe as fully as I would have liked, but I also understood there were real constraints as to what the superintendent could say. Anyway, this person hasn't been a school superintendent for quite a while, but... It was a person who was widely respected in the community. And I just happened to run into this person this morning covering another story, and we had a great chat. And uh, 
And he had some very nice words to say about the work that I do as far as with the talk program and, and reporting. So it was, it was one of those things that started my week on a, a very positive note to, to see somebody I hadn't talked to in several years and to also hear encouraging words because these days, most of the time, people in power, they don't want to encourage reporters to report. They want to encourage reporters stay in the newsroom where it's safe, and then when it's when it's time for you to come out, we'll let you know that we're going to have a photo op, and then you can come out and see us. It's just like uh, the mayor. He's going he's gonna to have a photo op today at a railroad bridge. It's like, well, Where's that? I can't oh, tell you. The, I can't oh. tell you because then the mayor will be unhappy with me. Is it a viaduct as opposed to a bridge? Yeah, it's somewhere. All I can say, it's somewhere in the parlor city. Well, because as soon as you said that, I thought of viaduct. Nope, don't don't even speculate. I I don't want trouble. I don't want trouble with the fourth floor. (laughs) But anyway, they're having a photo op, so there will be plenty of opportunities for photos. But, you know, it's, if, if you reported on it earlier, they would have said no comment. But today, because the photo op has been approved by the authorities, all reporters are invited to the photo op. Oh, what time are you going to be there? Oh, I sent James. It's happening oh, now. So I, can't, I can't go. They don't, oh, it's they happening don't, now. Yeah, they schedule the photo ops during the program, so, so I can't go. So I sent James Kelly. So he's taking, he promised to take lots of pictures and tell me all about it. Well, it will be divulged prior to noon, I hope, right? Nope. You think? No, it oh. won't. This yeah. afternoon. We, we, can't, we can't break the embargo. Well, no, I just thought if it's now, that that's enough time. Unless, well, well really. I'll tell you what. Unless, it's almost 11 o'clock. Right. Unless the bridge collapses. I mean, this, <laughs> I'm serious. I, I mentioned to James Kelly... As he was getting prepared, I said, make sure you have lots of film in your camera, because if something happens during the photo op, we want to have coverage of that. I I don't think anything's going to happen, because fortunately, I know exactly the place. I've taken taken hundreds of pictures of this particular railroad bridge over the years to no avail, but now suddenly the city is going to be inspecting railroad bridges, and... What I'll be interested in hearing when James Kelly gets back to the station to fill me in, to brief me on this photo opportunity, I'm going to be interested in hearing what the mayor expects to do when they find problems with railroad bridges because it's already been established. The railroads don't answer to anyone around here. So if he he could find a bridge with problems, and what I want to hear from James Kelly is what the mayor says he's going to do about it because I can't believe a single railroad. You know what? It just occurred to me. The reason why he's going to do it, it's tied in with that. Remember, they had a they had some sort of problem out in Ohio a couple weeks ago. So that's why he's having a photo op to say that well, that's- he's going to inspect all the railroad bridges. But to my point, I don't see any way that even if he finds a problem with a railroad bridge that he can compel the railroads to do a thing anything because they don't respond they the city doesn't control the railroads no city does well, can i make a comment about that ohio thing the ohio sure uh, well the red eye guys the red eye guys 
it's uh, I think Biden was making some comment about it's Trump's fault because he relaxed some safety rules. And uh, the red eye guy said that is a total falsehood. Well, they didn't say falsehood. They they said it is an out and out lie. So uh, I, I don't want to you know speculate about uh, the mentality of our local pre- like local our national president. And uh, that's all I had to make a comment about because all right. the red well, eye guys, you know they, you know they, what I you know what I think about the red eye guys. Well, they do. No, I don't. But they do their work. They get actual voices saying things. You know that. Uh, People say really stupid things. So it really, trust me, it wasn't it wasn't Trump's fault. Now that's serious. What I just said. Trust me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're falling into the trap. All right, Carol. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Ten forty-five. This is Bob Joseph. Where will I be this afternoon? I'm not going to any photo ops this afternoon. That much I can tell you. If there is breaking news, I'll be there. If there are breaking photo ops, you can count me out. 607-772-1290. This is 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and WNBF.com. If I could talk to the animals, just imagine it, chatting with a chimp and chimpanzee. Imagine talking to a tiger, chatting with a cheetah. What a neat achievement it would be. If we could talk to the animals, learn all their languages, maybe take an animal degree. I'd study elephant and eagle, buffalo and beagle, alligator, guinea pig and flea. I would converse in polar bear and python, and I would curse in fluent kangaroo. If people asked me, can you speak rhinoceros, I'd say apocryphus, can't you? 10.49 at WNBF, Tom and Endicott, you're on the air. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, I just was going to mention, I usually don't look at the Jerry Smith article in the paper, but this past Sunday, it was about that man being killed by the tiger. Oh, really? Well, I missed it. Yeah. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah. Well, there yeah, you go. That's like they say with the Sunday press. You miss a day, you miss a lot. I looked at the front page yesterday and saw zero. Hold on. Let me take a let me take a look again. Look on the third page. Oh, I know where his column is. And I, I, yeah. I, I glanced at it. I went out. Well, I usually never read it. It just seems like a coincidence. Yeah, you, hold, uh, hold on. So it had all the same details that you mentioned. Oh, okay. Well, because I'm sure Jerry Smith has access to the archive too. So let me see. These were the stories on the front page of the press yesterday, and this this explains why I never opened it up, even though it cost me <laughs> Boku dollars. Reading your own meter can save money. Now I have no idea. I didn't read the story by Chris Potter. All the stories were attributed to the Rockland Westchester Journal News. So uh, there were three stories. One claims you can save money by reading your own meter, which I don't believe you can. I believe you can get an accurate bill. You can get an accurate bill. So like if NYSEG or someone charges you wrong, you're... 
you know, you'll have an accurate bill because they've had billing problems, but I don't see how it's going to save you money. Because in the end, if NYSEG sends you a bill and it says you owe them $80,000 when your bill should be $150, you're not going to save money. You're, you're going to, once it gets straightened out, you'll pay whatever you're supposed to pay. But anyway, so I saw that. Then I saw students given grace. Who will get grad credit after failing regents exams? So that was another story written by Gary Stern, Diana Dombrowski, and Hilo Wang from Rockland Westchester Journal News. And then the third hit story from the Rochester Westchester Journal News. Again, none of these stories uh, as anything... I mean, they don't interview anybody from Binghamton or Broome or Tioga counties. It's about a person who got a speeding ticket, a guy from New Rochelle. So, and, and so I looked at that, and I said... Eh, forget it. But now I'm looking on page three, and and there I see the story that Jerry Smith did about the, uh, oh, there's the picture of of Mr. Carey. So, yeah. So, Jerry Smith, I'm sorry. I just didn't get around to reading the paper yesterday. Oh, the only other thing I looked at in the paper Sunday, after taking a dim view at page one and seeing no local news, because this isn't even local news. This is history. Um they did do a, a story on page two. See, this story, I thought they should have probably had in the paper earlier. Page two was a story about a fatal crash that happened February 13th. So that was almost two weeks ago. But anyway, um, so the other thing I did look at in the paper yesterday was uh, the comic section to see if I could see Dilbert. <laughs> you know, and apparently Dilbert doesn't run on Sundays, but there, as I said earlier today, the front page of the newspaper makes all this, you know, the big headline is Dilbert being pulled by hundreds of papers. Then I, sw- I look at page 6B, and apparently whoever edits the comics over at the Press and Sun Bulletin didn't get the memo because he, he put Dilbert in anyway, almost as though... It was a protest. Like, well, you can tell me to take Dilbert out, but I'm going to put Dilbert in anyway. Yeah, it's funny that you your your scenario was exactly what happened to me. I saw the media story. I looked at the article about lowering the, the scores for the uh, exams. And then I turned one page, and I saw the Tiger thing was sort of red. And then I went to obituaries, and I was on the paper. Yeah. I remember the Sunday paper. I used to get up early oh, yeah. just uh run out and, and see the headlines for all the investigative reports and comprehensive journalism now now not so much and it's not because of the reporters it's because of Gannett you know that's the that's the shocking truth you know I I love the reporters I just don't I don't like the the company that has decided that we don't need much local reporting appreciate your call thank you Tom it's 10:54 WNBF on the other hand, I will say the color reproduction in the newspaper looks very good. It's 1054. Yes. This is Bob Joseph at News Radio WNBF. I'm Mark.
WNBF at 10.56. Winter weather will continue, at least until spring. According to the calendar. Anyway. Snow and ice on its way. A winter weather advisory will be in effect from 6 tonight till 7 tomorrow night. 23, 25 big hours of winter weather. According to the National Weather Service, here's the complete forecast. Increasing clouds today, a chance of snow developing after 5 p.m., high 36. Total daytime snow accumulation less than an inch. Tonight, snow mixed with sleet to start. And then all snow overnight. The snow could be heavy at times, low 28. Overnight, snow and sleet accumulation about 4 inches in the Binghamton area. Cloudy tomorrow, snow likely mixed with sleet at times. High 39, tomorrow snow accumulation less than a half inch. Then Wednesday, warmer, mostly cloudy, a chance of showers in the afternoon, high 47. So again, there will be some snow and sleet coming soon to your neighborhood. So make the appropriate preparations. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 34, another hour ahead with Bob Joseph here on WNBF. I'm Mark. WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Monday, February 27th. You're listening to WNBF. Attorneys for three men indicted after Binghamton police investigated sexual assault allegations are calling for the charges against their clients to be dropped. The lawyers representing Jordan Ringen, Yaron Queller, and Lior Queller want Broome County District Attorney Michael Korchak to immediately dismiss all charges. Ringen and Yaron Queller were partners in the Colonial, a popular Court Street bar and restaurant. They and Yaron Queller's brother, Lior Queller, were indicted last March on felony charges related to an alleged incident that was said to have occurred on November 27, 2021. In addition to the request that the charges be dropped, the attorneys want an investigation into the possibility that these complainants in the case may have lied to a grand jury and deleted text messages about the incident. The lawyers acted after reviewing text messages from the cell phones of the complainants. The evidence was recently made available to the attorneys. Responding to a request for comment from WMBF News, a spokesperson for District Attorney Michael Korchak on Friday afternoon wrote, Our office would not be permitted to discuss that at this time. Rindgen was charged with criminal sale of a controlled substance, criminal possession of a controlled substance, sexual abuse, criminal sexual act, criminal facilitation, and unlawfully dealing with a child. Yaron Queller was charged with rape and criminal sexual act. Lior Queller was charged with rape and sexual abuse. Binghamton police announced arrests in connection with an incident at 141 Washington Street nearly three months after it allegedly happened. All three men entered not guilty pleas when they appeared in Broome County Court on March 31st. A formal motion to dismiss the charges was made Friday, one year and one day after Ringen and Yaron Queller were arrested. Lior Queller was arrested a few days later. Word of the alleged incident first circulated on social media. After several days, Binghamton police announced they were conducting an investigation. The Colonial and two other downtown restaurants temporarily closed as rumors swirled on social media sites. Hundreds of people participated in a march and demonstration outside the restaurants. The Colonial and Dos Rios Cantina permanently ceased operations last April due to financial problems related to the criminal allegations. 
The Binghamton Fire Department's newly constructed main station has gone into operation with no formal announcement. The $8.5 million facility is located at Court and Chapman Streets, just south of the city-owned baseball stadium. Basic construction at the site was completed several weeks ago. Workers had been busy taking care of the finishing touches and installing computer equipment at the station. The city acquired the property at 235 Court Street from MJ Scoville Incorporated in August 2020 for $220,000. The fire department facilities, which had been located at City Hall for nearly 50 years, were shut down because of safety concerns. City officials had said the garage floor at the old fire department headquarters cannot support more than 30 tons of equipment. They estimated repairs to that station would cost at least $3 million. A former car dealership building at Court and Carroll Streets has been the temporary home for the Binghamton firefighters while the new station was being constructed. The new headquarters complex officially went into service Wednesday afternoon. It was acknowledged in a brief radio transmission from the fire chief advising that several units will be stationed at and responding from the new fire headquarters at 235 Court Street. In Broome County Court, Melissa Watkins, age 26, of Endicott, entered a plea of guilty to felony arson in the third degree. Watkins admitted that on December 31st, she intentionally set fire inside an apartment located at 32 Second Street in the city of Binghamton after an argument with a resident at that location. No one was injured, but all residents were displaced. She will be sentenced to two to six years in New York State Prison on May 23rd. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said thankfully the Binghamton Fire Department responded to the scene quickly and no one was injured or killed. However, this type of conduct warrants nothing less than a state prison sentence. Russian President Vladimir Putin says that after Russia suspended its participation in the new START treaty, it would take into account the nuclear weapons capabilities not only of the United States, but of other NATO countries such as France and Britain. Putin had said in a speech suspending Russia's role in the 2010 treaty earlier this week that France and Britain, not parties to the agreement, had joined the United States in targeting Russia with nuclear weapons. In an interview with Russian TV that was recorded Wednesday and broadcast Sunday, he said he took the action to preserve our country, ensure security and strategic stability. U.S. President Joe Biden has said that the U.S. wants Ukraine to win, but it does not seek to control or destroy Russia. A powerful New York jail union boss turned prison inmate is poised to go free less than halfway through his sentence in a corruption case. A federal judge decided this week that Norman Seabrook's nearly five-year term should be reduced. Seabrook originally was sentenced to 58 months in prison, but the judge says Seabrook's sentence is now unjust because a co-defendant appealed and got his own prison term reduced to just over a year. Seabrook has served about 21 months on his conviction for taking bribes to put $20 million in union pension money into a risky hedge fund. The union lost $19 million. Can the Federal Reserve keep raising interest rates and defeat the nation's worst bout of inflation in 40 years without causing a recession? Not according to a new research paper that concludes that such an immaculate disinflation has never happened before. The paper was produced by a group of leading economists and two Fed officials addressed its conclusions in their own remarks Friday. When inflation soars, as it has for the past two years, the Fed typically responds by raising interest rates, often aggressively, to try to cool the economy and slow price increases. The Fed's higher rates in turn make mortgages, auto loans, credit card borrowing, and businesses lending more expensive. The Dilbert comic strip distributor Andrews McMeal Universal has announced it will no longer work with the strip's creator, Scott Adams. Andrews McMeal chairman Hugh Andrews and CEO and president Andy Sarian say in a joint statement issued Sunday that the syndication company is severing its relationship with Adams because his recent comments on race were not compatible with the company's core values. 
In the February 22nd episode of his YouTube show, Adams described people who are black as members of a hate group from which white people should get away. Various media publishers across the U.S. denounced the comments as racist, hateful, and discriminatory while saying they would no longer provide a platform for his work. National Weather Service forecasts for downtown Binghamton. Today, increasing clouds with a high near 36. Tonight's snow before 1 a.m., then snow possibly mixed with sleet between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., then snow after 2 a.m. Snow could be heavy at times, a low near 28 degrees. Wind gusts as high as 26 miles per hour. A 100% chance of snow could see about 4 inches. Tomorrow, a chance of snow before 9 a.m., then snow likely, possibly mixed with sleet between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., then snow likely after 10 a.m. Cloudy with a high near 39 degrees, a 60% chance of snow. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with a low near 22. Wednesday, a slight chance of showers after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 47, a 20% chance of rain. Wednesday night, chance of showers, mainly after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 50%. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, news radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Joseph live on a Monday morning, 607-772-1290 is the number if you'd like to talk. Nobody can Let's go to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vesto. Yes. Yes, sir. How's your weekend? Good? Splendid. Cool. Hey, I have a topic for you, Bob. Uh, my grandson uh, got a ticket over the weekend for obstruction of his license plate. Now, everything's visible except the very bottom where it said Empire State. And that was due to where he bought the car. You know how they put those, you know, they advertise with the, the dealership uh, license plate holder around it. Um, You know, so I did some, <laughs> once I knew he got the ticket, I did some uh, checking. And I did not know, Bob, since 2015, they had that law that you they must be able to see every little bit of your license plate. And since 2015 to the end of last year, 2022, they have collected $21 million in fines in this state. Tell me a little reason. bit more about the circumstances because, let's put it this way, in Parlor City, thousands and thousands of vehicles on the road right now have obstructed license plates. And those people, those people are not going to be hit with a ticket. So tell me a little bit more about the circumstances surrounding surrounding the paperwork that was issued over the weekend. There, Bob, I, I'm being honest with you. My grandson was doing absolutely nothing wrong at all. Nothing. Tell me where. Tell me where. Reason. Where? 
Uh, it was in Endicott. Where? I'm not sure exactly of the street. What time? Uh, it was Friday evening. Approximate That's time. All I know. Uh, I'd have to ask my grandson. All right. But right now, right find, now, find right out now. more details because there has to be more to this. Because, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. Right. There's more to right. it than that because I know a lot of cops, and most cops, unless unless they're um, not making quota. Now, you know, obviously quotas are illegal, but if they're not making their quota. And remember, we're getting close to the end of the month. February is a difficult month if you're a cop and you have to meet the quota. You're looking, let's see, Saturday would have been the 25th, and February only has 28 days. So if if you're nowhere close to your ticket quota, which, of course, ticket quotas are illegal, but if you haven't made uh, enough progress, then you have to start writing, I call them BS tickets. I, I would call it uh, paperwork because otherwise you're going to be counseled. Not because you didn't meet the quota, because quotas are illegal, but because you weren't productive enough. So um, that's why I think there must be a reason. Now, I know some Endicott cops, and I the Endicott cops I know would not just out of the blue stop someone on Washington Avenue on Friday night and issue a ticket for an obstructed license plate, as you described. Bob, speaking of BS, uh, you're pushing this aside. This is a law. Look it up. You cannot have any. No, I know it's a law. No, right. Well, okay. Well, then I'll I'll say then they should start writing it up. If I I take back everything I I said about quotas, which of course are illegal, so they can't have quotas. But say if you're at the end of the month and you haven't met your target. You're going to be counseled. They already said that with the state police. They don't have quotas, but they have targets. And if you don't meet the target, they're going to counsel you. And if you do, you work. Have you ever worked? Yeah, <laughs> Bob. For the past eight years, have you seen it on TV? Have you seen heard it on the radio? Have you seen it seen it posted anywhere? That be careful. Because- no, they they don't want you to be careful. They want money. They want money. This is. Um, just it's like most other laws in New York State. I mean, speeding laws, understandably. If you're driving 119 through Tioga County, you need to be stopped before you kill yourself or somebody who's innocent. But as far as obstructed license plate, especially as you pointed out, just the lower part where it says um, taxation state or whatever New York's motto is, no, that's just about revenue. I know that exactly. But well, so, yeah, no, I have no problem with that. We need the money. So, so everybody out there, it, it, Bob, this is just another excuse. Since since smoking went in, since that huffing and puffing, HR puffing stuff, since that became legal, they're looking for reasons to stop you to see if you're smoking while you're driving. Just like they did with, remember when the old dice and the stuff you had hanging from your rearview mirror? They look for reasons to stop you just so they can stick their nose in your car. They always do that. It's like I yeah. told you if, um you know, several months ago, it's probably been a year or two now, um, like say you have a, a brake light out or a turn signal mm-hmm. light out, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not that big a deal, but they want to stop you. Why right. do they do it? Because that gives them that gives them every reason 
to ask you questions. And then, you know, and they'll ask you a question. It's always, so what are you doing? It's like, and I said, well, I'm observing. I'm a reporter. This is uh, a neighborhood where lots of, uh, unfortunately, lots of crimes happen. So I'm just uh, driving through the neighborhood, sort of on patrol like you. It's a quiet night. Obviously, it was a quiet night, so they could stop me for having a, um, a, no, I don't know. If maybe it was a turn signal light or whatever, some light, mm-hmm. tail light. Mm-hmm. So, of course, paperwork. They couldn't. They certainly, because I was a reporter, they certainly couldn't it, it just give me a warning and say, "Why don't you just get that fixed?" Instead, no, they had to issue a ticket. So that way, I was forced to get it fixed and fast. And then I had to go, fortunately, to Endicott Police the following Monday morning to get a fix-it ticket, and they said, oh, your thing is fixed. They signed it, and I could turn it into the court. But again, the whole point is they want a reason to stop you because right now, right now, in most cases, everyone is a suspect. So, Bob, so would you agree with me then that every dealership that issued, you know, when they put them plates on your new vehicle since 2015, since you new or used, if they put that license plate holder that blocks any part of your license plate and you get a ticket, should you be visiting them to pay your ticket? Good luck with that. Good luck with that. No, that makes no difference. They're not driving your car. So if you let them put that around your license plate and it's going to obscure any portion of your New York State license plate in violation of Section 402-1BI of the Vehicle and Traffic Law, it says number, well, it's it's too, uh, it's too legalese, but suffice it to say ignorance of the law is no excuse. So if you were like me driving around and didn't know that one of your tail lights, your brake light or turn signal light wasn't working, that's no excuse. There's no excuse. You just, you you get the ticket, either in this case you get it fixed. Fortunately, I was able to go to the bulb hut and buy a cheap bulb and put it in. Then you go to another police station where they're nice. See, I went to Endicott Police because they're nice. And they they gave me a fix-it ticket. Otherwise, if I went to Binghamton Police, I'd have to wait a long time because they're too busy. Bob, and to prove your point on the pettiness of it all, is there any other states named the Empire State? I mean, it says New York on the top. They see that. Okay? Again, you know, I'm not blaming the cops because they're just enforcing the law. That would be like me complaining the the next time I disobey the the jaywalking law and they they give me a a $25 ticket or whatever a $50 ticket for jaywalking in downtown Binghamton and then it'd be like why are you singling me out and they'd say because it's the law well how come you didn't write any tickets for jaywalking over the last 10 years well because we decided to start enforcing it right now and we're putting you you're the poster boy for jaywalking while everybody else gets away with murder and mayhem and smoking weeds and robbing banks and getting a, a slap on the wrist, they're going to use the full power and force of, of the city police to make sure I pay my $50 jaywalking fine. And they know that if I go on the air and gripe about it, they'll have the law on their side. They, they can hold a, a media event at a crosswalk, the mayor and the police chief and the... Uh, director of jaywalking prevention 
because they'll have a jaywalking task force. And uh, they'll say, look, Bob Joseph has said over the years that he jaywalks routinely in downtown Binghamton. Well, we're not going to take it anymore. That flagrant abuse and disregard of the jaywalking law. So if he's going to do that with impunity, well, we're going to put our foot down and we're going to put it on. We're going to put our foot down on his jaywalking toes. Uh, you know, when you say good luck with the dealerships, at this moment, as we're speaking, I advise my grandson. He's there at the dealership where he purchased his car. He's making him take the license plate holders off the front and the back, and he's going to confront him about paying his fine when he finds out how much it is. And I'll let you know if they ended up doing it or not. Yeah, let me know. I mean, maybe they will. I know. You know, they I might. I. And by the way, that would be a good thing. In fact, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that they probably wouldn't want their name used because then everybody who has a car with one of their, you know, their markings on it that is going to suddenly come in. Oh well, we don't want to risk getting a ticket, so they'll they'll wind up having to do hundreds a day. But still, <laughs> no, I mean seriously, for them right. to eat the ticket and say, you know, we're sorry for the inconvenience. It is true; it's the law. And, you know, a lot of dealers now uh, put little stickers on your car instead of um, the things on the license plates, and maybe that's what they'll switch to. Right, but if enough people come in, if enough people come in, they'll stop putting those... They'll stop putting those uh, license plate holders on with their name on it. I mean, you know, maybe... The Broome County Police Chiefs Association will put some public service announcements on WNBF now to advise people not to have their plate obstructed. I agree, Bob. It's I mean, a cash cow for him. Yep. Eh, well, yep. the cops aren't getting the money. No, the politicians no. are. The politicians. Right. The, the politicians use it, and then they use it for, for giant holiday parties. <laughs> Hey, Bob, you take care. All Keep right. You. I wonder how many people are irritated now <laughs> by anything I may have said. Eh, I would say probably a high percentage. But, you know, that's the thing. It's the law. License plates have to be unobstructed. Turn signals or brake lights have to work. Even the little light bulb above your, your license plate. If that's not working, count on being stopped. And, of course, they'll ask you, where are you going? It's like, where am I going? They lectured me, too. They saw they saw where I lived, and they saw I didn't live in that particular high-crime neighborhood. So they, the, the officer who stopped me, <laughs> by the way, well, I won't say. I was going to say something more, but we've already caused enough trouble. I will say this. The officer made some kind of comment to the effect that I shouldn't be here because I don't live in this neighborhood. <laughs> it's like, I'm a reporter. I report. Yeah, but still. What are you doing here, really? Well, this is, you know, this is a neighborhood where, sadly, a lot of news happens, so... Well, here's your ticket. Have a good night. (laughs) 
Here's your ticket. Have a good night. All right. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? John from the Binghamton Plaza. Oh, hi. You know, I was speaking just quickly about the newspaper. Yeah. You see, there was an article in the newspaper regarding the Binghamton Plaza. I think it was very unfair that the reporter didn't get a hold of us um, our, for our view of it or even walk through it. They took a picture of a section that's slated for demolition. I mean, you've been to this building. I don't know if you've seen Thursday's paper. Oh, I saw. I saw exactly the picture they used on the front page, and I saw exactly the picture they used on on the inside of the paper. I saw. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I like, I, if you know a reporter that would really do a good report on this, it would be a great thing. Or maybe the mayor could walk, walk through some of these buildings or a councilman. The mayor doesn't want to. If the mayor wanted to walk through the Binghamton Plaza with you so you could show... As I did. I mean, how long did I spend over there? I, I think I spent close to an hour walking through the old Kmart, some of the other stores that are used for the flea markets and, and through the office building. I spent, I would say, about an hour, maybe even longer, so I could see what I was reporting about. Correct. I mean, even the, new, even the TV station, I mean, it's a different world anymore. I mean, this is, a, this is something big for the north side of Binghamton. I know it is. I know, and that's that's why. And you know, I wanted to stay longer, but I, I had. They tell me at the station here that I have to start writing stories, or else I'll get fired. So I couldn't stay as long as I wanted to talk with some of the other store operators at the Binghamton Plaza. Correct. I do. We do appreciate you because yeah. you did actually do some work here and look and do a walkthrough. I mean, well, I'm doing my best. I, I wish I wish I had more time to spend on every story, but again, I, you know, if I don't if I don't get back here and, and write, you know, I won't be reporting for anyone. I'll be reporting for the unemployment lines. Right. If you know a reporter or uh, either press 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 or TV station would like to come look at this, tell them they're more than happy to contact me, you know, I'll definitely right. walk them through there. All I right. would appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, John. The, you're Thank the you. property manager at Binghamton Plaza. This is Bob Joseph. I, I do try, and I, I'll be the first to admit, even though every day I try to spend some time out around the triple cities and talking with people and asking questions and getting more information, I just truly can't spend as much time on every story as I would like to, but I'm still committed to trying to report accurately and as completely as possible. And unfortunately, most stories are fairly complicated, and I don't have the ability to include all the information in each story, but I'm trying, you know, to the greatest extent possible so and by the way to that to that end if you have any news tips i do appreciate news tips my phone number is listed at the bottom of every story so if you have a news tip if you have information about something that happened more information about a story that i've been reporting on or information about a story that should be reported on, you can call me at that phone number that's listed at the bottom of every story, or even better, just send me 
an email to bob at wnbf.com. Bob Joseph, it's 1130 on a Monday morning. You're listening to WNBF. Eleven thirty-three at WNBF. And remember, you can still call us at six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Again, six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. On a Monday morning. What else is going on in the wide world of news? Of course, the Ohio train wreck continues to cause uh, concern. Interesting thing about train derailments, they're more common than you might think. According to statistics, there were more than 1,000 train derailments in the United States last year. Most train derailments don't even make the news. Many of the train derailments that do occur are in rail yards. So, say if if one or two rail cars, say freight cars, go off the tracks at East Binghamton. I guess that's what they call it, East Binghamton. Or in downtown Binghamton, say if it happens on railroad property and they don't tell anyone, which I think is pretty standard procedure. I don't know for sure, by the way, but I don't I don't think most railroads report, say, if they have a derailment that happens on their property, I don't think they ever tell the Binghamton Fire Department or Binghamton Police or Broome County Emergency Services. If I'm wrong, if you know that railroads actually do uh, report these things to the authorities on a routine basis, let me know. My, uh, My experience is that they typically like to keep these things um, um, secret they don't like it i I will say i'm looking at a story that i covered oh 2017 so it was about six years ago so some freight train cars derailed at binghamton terminal now they and i mean 
the people at the railroad, they, Norfolk Southern, were not amused to see a reporter there. Oh, trust me. Trust me. You think, uh, you think Norfolk Southern likes the media. They didn't, I mean, of course, they don't like the media now because look at what the media have been doing since the disastrous crash derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. So, of course, Norfolk Southern despises the media more than ever. But I can tell you when they had a minor derailment over at uh, the so-called Binghamton Terminal, just off Conklin Avenue near Conklin Road, they, um, they really... Whatever the opposite of, of rolling out the red carpet, man, what a bad attitude on the part of Norfolk Southern employees. So in that case, as I look at the story there from 2017, um, it involved a few freight cars that left the tracks at the so-called Binghamton Terminal. I think the actual spot where the derailment was was in the town of Conklin. As far as I know, they never notified anybody with, say, the Sheriff's Office, State Police, Broome County Emergency Services. I don't think they do. I don't know that they have to. So in that case, no chemicals were involved. It looked like there were some lumber products from Canada and some other boxcar with a mystery cargo derailed. Norfolk Southern employees declined to comment at the scene of the derailment Monday morning. A spokesman at the company's Harrisburg Division office did not immediately return a call seeking information about the derailment. It could not be determined whether anyone was injured. It was not known what caused the derailment. Several workers were busy at the site where the cars derailed just a few feet south of Conklin Road. The affected cars were about 15 feet from the sidewalk along the street. So because of its location, because of its proximity to Conklin Road, I was able to get some pictures. But man, the people from Norfolk Southern... Well, it was Monday morning, so of course they were in a bad mood already. And let's face it, if you work for a railroad and one of your first jobs of the week is to clean up a minor derailment, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, well, this is going to be one of those weeks. But still, you know, if, and to be sure, as far as I can recall, going back six years ago, I don't believe the railroad ever offered any information about that. So, as I said, I'm looking at the pictures that I took of they were using cranes and heavy equipment to remove some of the damaged rail cars and the giant wheels. It's one thing that I do like. I'm looking at one of the pictures of a Norfolk Southern employee guiding a set of train wheels or whatever they are. It's amazing how big they are. So this guy was a relatively, eh, probably a normal-sized guy compared to the guy the train wheels are enormous. So that, that was useful. 
And then there's back of a Norfolk Southern supervisor who made it clear to me that my presence at the derailment site was unwelcome. But he couldn't do anything about it because I, where I was, I was on public property. So even though he wanted to do something about it, sadly because this was America and he didn't have a weapon, there was really nothing he could do about it except walk away in a huff. I mean in the town of Conklin. He was not in a huff. He was in the town of Conklin. So 1141, this is Bob Joseph sharing sweet memories with you on a Monday morning on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and always available on the WNBF app. Saluting America's railroads. On a Monday morning, this is News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Eleven forty-four WNBF uh, member of the law enforcement community weighs in about the call earlier this hour about um, a motorist who received paperwork for a vehicle that had an obstructed license plate, which in New York State is against the law. Don't kid yourself. This is a it's a very serious law, and if your license plate is in any way obstructed, you in fact could. And may, even today, be cited uh, with a ticket for having an obstructed license plate. But a law enforcement representative in Broome County notes uh, this. Did the cop give him a break? Was he stopped for speeding and given this instead? And the law enforcement representative says, I call BS. So that's why I was asking the caller for additional information, because that's... That was perhaps my theory as well, that sometimes, and I've been on ride-alongs with every agency in Broome County that will allow ride-alongs, which means almost every police agency, and I know for a fact, well, I know what the police officers and sheriff's deputies and the trooper I rode with, I know what they tell me that goes into their operations when, say, they stop a motorist, or as they say, a violator. I'm stopped with a violator at Court and State. It looks like Bob Joseph, a violator. And then, of course, they radio in the plate, New York Reg, B.O.B., talk, Bob talk. So, but usually, in most cases, so they, they stop a vehicle for an apparent violation, maybe speeding, maybe someone didn't stop at a red light or whatever, VNT violation, vehicle and traffic. So they may, in fact, cut you a break because you, if you're a driver, especially if, and I didn't ask the caller how old his grandson was, but say if he's a relatively young driver, say uh, 
sad thing is um, males specifically have bad driving records in general, and males between 18 and 25, or maybe even between 16 and 25, have really bad driving records. So say that the police stop on Friday night was related to uh, possible speeding, for example, or a moving violation of some sort, it's possible it's possible that the officer actually gave the motorist a break by writing him a ticket for obstructed license plate as opposed to what maybe he could have received. So so hopefully I'll find out more information because I'm always curious. Cause I, I know even for some of the simplest stories, sometimes there are... There are nuances. There's a lot of times there's there's more to the story than meets the eye. So, um, or on the other hand, maybe, and this is a possibility, maybe he just did stop him for having an obstructed plate. And who knows? Because there are certain places, and I'm sure our listeners are aware of this, there are certain places in the triple cities that are... Problem spots, hot spots, areas of concern for law enforcement. So, say if he happened to be in an area where crime is a specific concern, actually, you know, truth about that uh, stop I mentioned regarding when they uh, they spotted my vehicle without a, again, I think it was a burnt out brake light or whatever. Um, that area, to be sure, is a high-crime area. Trust me, I wasn't committing any high crimes, but I was looking for potential criminal activity as a reporter just because I was had that opportunity to drive through that neighborhood, and I knew there had been problems. So, you know, in, in that case, they probably did think, well, hey, we'll do a stop. We'll do a stop. That's... I know I mentioned earlier in the program aggressive reporting. There sometimes is something that some people regard as aggressive policing or aggressive law enforcement. Some people, though, call it proactive. And especially in areas where crime is a special concern. There may be more traffic stops because they're trying to figure out uh, and keep an eye on on things. And I know people. Hey, nobody likes being stopped. Nobody, <laughs> even police officers, don't like being stopped. Nobody wants to be stopped ever for anything. But as part of modern policing, and one of the tactics that is employed, especially when they're trying to get things under control, say if uh, a neighborhood has. Uh, a high incidence of drug-related crime or violent crime or larcenies or whatever, one thing they try to get get a handle on, as they say, the players, the actors, who's, who's out and about. In most communities here in the Triple Cities, especially the communities that have their own police departments, it's amazing the police officers who are out on the street know just about everybody. They don't know everybody because people can still come in from out of town. But as far as 
the people who live in a community, the police actually know a high percentage because they're engaged, they're involved. And to a degree, I, I know one thing, for example, and somebody would say, well, this was, you know, being kind of picky. But there's a, a particular high crime area in the triple cities when I was out on a ride-along with an officer, and he spotted someone leaving a location that was well-known for drug activity. So he spotted the person leaving a parking lot without using a turn signal. So that was enough for a traffic stop. Now, it turns out no charges were filed as a result of that stop, but they're keeping an eye on things. And it turns out the guy that was stopped, I think, was on parole. He didn't violate parole, but he was at a place that had a well-deserved reputation for drug activity, and he left the parking lot, and he was spotted by an officer not using a turn signal. So there's a traffic stop. Now, did the guy like it? Of course he didn't like it, although he was well-behaved, which is a good thing. Should always, if you're ever stopped by the police, the only thing, the only advice I can give you, be well-behaved, no matter what the circumstances are. Make sure they can see both of your hands. Keep both of your hands on the steering wheel. And try to be well-behaved. That's great advice. 11.52. This is Bob Joseph handing out unsolicited advice on the radio on a Monday morning. News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Fifty-five. Bob Joseph live at News Radio WNBF. The weather. Oh my goodness! A winter weather advisory will be in effect starting at six p.m. Running till seven tomorrow night. We can expect snow, sleet, and then even rain tomorrow. So be prepared. Be sure to buy as much milk as you can possibly fit into your fridge, just in case. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. It's Dave again from Bessel. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Bob, bring bring it up quick before you get off the air. 98.1 The Hawk. They give a statement about exactly what we're talking about and what's been going on in this area. If you can bring it up quick, you can read it to everybody out there. What's been going on the past week or two with all the stops with the license plate stuff. Bring it up. It's right on. You can you can see it. 98.1 The Hawk. I'm looking at on the website now. I see nothing. I see nothing. You see, you see nothing on 98.1 The Hawk? 
I'm looking at it right now. Dot com. Adam Weitzman. It says Adam Weitzman. So that has nothing. What else? Uh, New York could raise the age to operate an ATV. Sock out cancer. Farmer's Almanac. John Jones wants to become a goat. John Jones is on there, too. No, my, my wife has found it on there. I don't know what it's after. Here's a story about a rat-infested house. New York State license plate laws. 981thehawk.com. It's on there. My wife was just reading it to me. Well, I'm sure it's somewhere on the website, but I can't find it. It's there, and it talks all about it talks all about the past couple of weeks, what's been going on locally, using the license plate. Who wrote the story? As a reason, find, as a find reason. out from your wife who wrote the story. Who wrote the story? Does it say? All right. I got it on there right now. Tracy Taylor. Tracy Taylor. Well, she's good. Yeah, I'm looking. What's the date on the story? What's the date on the story? April 8th, 2016. April 8th, 2016. Well, of course, that's that's years old. 2016, Colleen. That's not now. All right. I got to go. Sorry, I'm out of time. Yeah, so that story was on the website nearly seven years ago. So you can't, can't say you weren't alerted. WNBF and the Hawk and Town Square Media alerted everyone, so pay attention, folks, and don't get a ticket. I'm Bob Joseph, just trying to save you money on WNBF. WNBF, Binghamton.